Patience, patience, patience. <laughs> I get in line sometimes and I just sit P-A-T-I-N-C. I spell that out to me. I'm Judson McDonald and this is my grandpa. Forward and backwards. Just have patience, John. They're old people. They gotta get along. They doing it their way. People that drive the way they drive are I don't like most drivers on the road, <laughs> and I don't like anybody that's standing in front of me. <laughs> the family sense of humor traces back to this funny guy who I call Poppy, and to the rest of the world, he's known as John Douglas MacDonald. Oh, oh, I have some other names, but you don't want to hear them. <laughs> Arriving on the Big 7-9 this year, Poppy was born on April the 13th, 1939 in Holton, Maine. After so many years of having him help me see humor in life, cooking for me, and me being slightly intimidated by his awesome skill set, it was time for me to sit down with Poppy and ask him, who is he and where did he come from? Holton, Maine. I was born there and then probably when I was about three, the family moved to Mount Marion in New York. I grew up in Mount Marion till I was about six. And then my dad went in the Navy during World War II. That was about 1944. My dad was drafted in the Navy and he served in the Navy aboard a LST landing transport and he was in Guadalcanal and Iwo Jima which doesn't mean nothing to anybody today but it meant a lot to people then. Um, I should say it didn't mean a lot to a lot of people to the younger generation like Vietnam doesn't mean anything to the younger generation and then moved to Kingston and uh, and I remember when my dad got got home from the Navy I remember that night and uh, he got home by a taxi cab and my sister, she was born about five years before me. Her name is Carol, has been a wonderful sister. She was a nurse, she's 80 something, 85, 84. Yeah. And while I've had the pleasure to get to know Aunt Carol, I never got to meet Poppy's dad, who I know as Bob Pop. But I get to hear lots of really good memories about him. My dad used to my dad's name for me called me Pucian after the little after Gulliver's the Pucians in Gulliver's Travel. He used to call me the little Pucian. That's it. That's no, he I used was. to call him a knucklehead too. <laughs> and that's my nana joining in. She and my grandpa are inseparable. It's only fitting that she join in the conversation to help me ask some of the questions. He used to call me a shithead too. <laughs> <laughs> called a couple other names. He probably called me that. Underneath his breath that I don't remember. <laughs> and as we laughed and reminisced, I moved the conversation to talk about my great-grandmother. I was in junior high school when my mother was spent months in a hospital. She had cancer, both breasts, cancer. And she had spent a long time in a hospital. <clears throat> and lunchtime I used to go from school and walk over to the high school and visit her at the hospital lunchtime. A lot of days I did that, and I don't know if I did it because I was selfish, because I didn't want to go down there at night with my dad, um, 
mean, knowing how I kids are and how I was, I probably wanted to visit during the day so I didn't have to go at night. But I used to go a lot at night with my dad and visit the hospital, and I didn't like it at all. And of course, you didn't like that, you know. But we got through it. We got through it. My mom died when I was, my mom died in 55 when I was 16. Died when I was a freshman in high school. My dad, during that time, was an alcoholic. After I was about 16, I guess I could say pretty much raised myself. Because my mom was dead, and my dad was pretty much in his own world. My sister was there to support me. Uh, but she was going to college as a nurse. But my dad was there if, if I needed a little money now and then something. My dad was there. And I got six, I got Social Security. I got $65 a month from Social Security because I was under age 18 and my, from my mother's death. Independence came young. And towards the end of high school, Poppy and a friend moved into a trailer in the mountains, and they had to commute back and forth over 30 miles back to high school. Gas was about 25 cents a gallon. Of course, all the maintenance on our cars, everything, all the maintenance, and a lot of the gas was all stolen. We steal everything and do everything ourselves. That's just the way, that's just the way we was. I never, I don't recall ever getting in trouble. I just, like... Because you didn't get caught. Like she says. Yeah. I mean, huh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and when he did get caught... One time my dad come at me with a belt. A couple times my dad would chase me with a belt and crack me with a belt. But other than that, I don't, I just, I don't remember... Um, Why? <laughs> Why he came after me with a belt? I have no idea. It must have been something. Obviously, <laughs> my dad, my dad wasn't that type of person, really. I mean, if he come back me with a belt, I did, I did something that I shouldn't have done. And while school wasn't his favorite thing in the world, Poppy did find some really good teachers that helped him lead his way. They did say the first day I went to school, which is about three, was a little, about three miles from where we lived, the first day I went to school, I didn't like it. Before they knew I was missing, I'd walked all the way home. I was about, well, I was about five years old, four or five years old. I had a couple excellent teachers in high school. The infamous? Mr. Connick. Who both Nana and Poppy had in high school. Homemaking teacher, or a, retailing. A, home, a retailing teacher, was very instrumental in helping me in school. On my homework, he used to write above the, my, if I did, did if I did something. <laughs> Which he'd write. Fair. Judy does good work. <laughs> Give me a hundred, right? Judy does good work. He knows I didn't do a damn thing. My typing. That's that's what that's my typing. She do the work. She was a year ahead of me in school. I I I um I, I was a year behind her, and she was a year ahead of me in school. But. <laughs> Hilarious. Poppy also found comfort in his choir class, especially because of his teacher, and told me about a time he got to go on a special trip. I was in a choir. Acapella. It was an acapella choir. Big choir. Yeah. It was a very good choir. It was The choir was so good that they invited us to, to come to South Carolina to sing. 
and it was a big, it was really a big thing. We had, uh, it was probably, well, it was four busloads, and we went, we were gone for a week. It was a really big thing. Another girl and myself and one other boy were the only freshmen that he selected to go because they really didn't want freshmen to go. But there was only a couple freshmen that went, and I always thought I went because of that cousin, my mother. You know, and that was that was that was a real big thing to take the kids a week. And this trip gave the students the opportunity to travel and see the rest of the United States down south, which also included some explicit racism. In in the fifties. Oh, that's true. That when we come down and said we were riding in the buses, and oh, I can remember little black kids, you know, under a fire going underneath big signs someplace or a lean-to, a bunch of little black kids and black people sitting around a fire, and and they weren't allowed on the right side of the street, you know, they, they and they, they had black fountains, the black, and the blacks were, that was in 1950, 55, was about 1955 or 56. Post-World War II and in the 1950s in New York, I asked Poppy what life was like at that time. The 50s was um, right after the war. We look back, our generation, not just her and I, but other people of our generation look back. We lived in the best of times that there has been. It was after the war. It was peace. So our generation, in other words, we weren't, you know, we went through Vietnam, and, and but our generation was... Uh, it was just, a, it was a good time, you know. We had tough times, but we thought, personally, our personal lives, we were very fortunate. And towards the end of the decade, in October of 1957, Poppy met a very special person named Julia. I had a job that was underneath where she worked and in high school. One day I met her coming back from the post office and asked her for a date, asked her for a date. She said yes. And our first date, oh my God, our first date was we went to a drive-in movie and I had just gotten a different car at the time. And we were at the movie and she pulled a big knife out of her pocket book. Yes, you heard that right. It said I brought, they told me to bring this knife with me because maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't trust you. You're kidding. To which Nana quickly replied. Oh, no, I oh, carry no. a knife to this day. <laughs> oh, she was a country girl. She had carried a knife. She still carries a knife most that, of the time. How did that make you feel? <laughs> oh, I didn't bother me. You know. and, uh, and then that night, we went out, after the movie, went out to take a ride to bring her home. Don't expect a romantic ending just yet. The night's just getting started. And my car went boom. Told ya. And here it was like 11 o'clock at night, and we're back on a country road, and I pulled off the side of the road. And John And we Crum. sat there all night long. No, John Crumb showed up and gave us, a, gave us a boost. John Crumb, that I went all through school. Oh, and just right. when you thought the night was and over. It was a boost. Instead of coming right home, we went further, Hurley Mountain Road, and the car died again. And we sat there until... In the morning, and then when I tried it in the morning, it started up, and I dropped her off at the house, at her house in the morning. And in retrospect, Poppy feels pretty strongly about that. To this day, I can only say, I just didn't have the upbringing. I just didn't know. 
I should have walked her up to the house and said to her dad and her mom, geez, I'm sorry, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I dropped, I just dropped her off and I left. It was up to her to explain why she was out with me all night long, and especially on, especially all, you didn't stay out all night long. She didn't stay out all night long. It wasn't like today, maybe, you know. And we behaved ourselves. Oh, we behaved and, ourselves. And the song was Wake Up Little Susie. That was very popular and, uh, at the time. Wake so Up So what a, what an ass I must have been, you know. What a stupid <laughs> kid. Just a kid. You were just, just a kid. Uh, you know, I didn't, you know. You didn't have much of a plot. We fell asleep by Goose's cooked eye reputation. He shot like a police After months of knowing each other and the rest of their lives before them, Poppy asked Nana to marry him. We got engaged and it was just the, one of the best times for me, but our engagement broke off and I, I have no idea to this day why, why. There were some dark months ahead, but thankfully things lightened up. When Poppy came back home from the Navy for a short period of time, he made what he considers one of the best decisions of his life. Here's Nana to tell the story. He came home a couple times and we saw each other and then almost a year later, this September, he was home for I think two weeks and he said, I'm not going back until we're married. Discovering they both agreed with each other, it was time to plan a quick wedding. We were married September 5th. Of course, we were going to be married by a priest. Fortunately, the priest knew us because Joan had taken some lessons in Catholicism, so he knew us. So he officiated. It was very serious. The, the, the wedding was very serious because we were like 19 years old, <laughs> early 20, not, you know, young, just young. The day was, it was a beautiful day and we went to Lake George. We didn't have a, because it was quick while I was in the Navy, we, we didn't have a send invitations out. And in fact, some people, the kids that we knew showed up at the church and we didn't, we didn't even know how they knew we were even getting married. Just word of mouth. I was wearing a suit and it was a light colored, very light colored suit. She wore a blue, very pretty little blue dress. Blue velvet. Blue velvet. And the song, there was a song, one was blue velvet, was maybe, Bob, not Bobby Darren, blue velvet and also Lavender Blue. Lavender, Lavender Blue, blue. Dilly, dilly Dilly. dilly. So yep, yeah, she got married and that's, that's what we wore. And she had a uh, Mercury convertible at the time and that's, that's we used that to go on a honeymoon with. And we had Just Married written on it and everything traveling. Nice. But um, yeah, and we got married in St. Joseph Church, Catholic Church, Uptown Kingston. I think about 10 o'clock in the morning, I think it was. Yeah. And I think we got there at 10 after 10. <laughs> anyway, we had a little simple little ceremony afterwards. 
Well, and my mother had cake and yeah, just immediate family. Then I, I got back on honeymoon and I flew back to San Francisco and got on, got on board an aircraft carrier for a couple of years and we moved on from there. And from there, a new chapter in their life started with children. So I had my grandparents list off their kids. Chip was born when uh, Johnny was overseas. And so Jay was born. <laughs> Julie is named after my mother, Julia Francis. And Jolanda is named just because I wanted it to be Jay. And I, and I liked the Yolanda, but I put the Jay there and Jolanda Carol. Carol's well, my sister. Yes. Name. If you haven't noticed by now, pretty much everyone on the McDonald side of my family has a Jay first name. Jay, John, Julie, Joe, Judson. And when I asked Poppy to repeat those names, he just said, Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> They're wonderful human beings, all four. Yeah, of them. our kids are, you know, Jay, when he was young, he's just a little, we used to call him Helmet Head. Well, because he, he could bang his head against anything and he'd just keep right on going. He was a crazy kid. He wouldn't go down a hill on a sleigh like so. He'd stand on the top of the sleigh with a rope and go down the hill full. I don't know. I don't know. He never had protection, no headgear. And him and Julie just fight all the time. And he would fight. He was just a tough little runt, you know. Yeah. We couldn't be more proud of him today, you know. Mm -hmm. He just turned out to be him and Julie. Julie can't get along without him, you know. She needs. She needs him, you know. And and he loves to take do what he does to her. Jay is, Jay's just turned out to be responsible, holds a job. Always yeah. surprises me that children can grow up in the same household. And be as good as they are. And, yeah, and as individual as they are. And they're hardworking. All of them are hardworking, good people. I'm very, very proud yeah, of Yeah, there's no, they're, they're, they're good, you know. Yeah. Julie Sales is horrible, you know. <laughs> Don't rest on your laurels. You could have had the best week last week, but this is a new week. And she's done so well in that. And and Jelana's done so well with her teaching, and she's going to go for her Master. master's now. She wants to keep going, even at her age, and, and, and where she is in the school system. And Jeez, that's good. And Chip is... Uh, gifted. He's gifted. He's so gifted in so many things, you know, woodworking, and he's mechanically inclined and everything. He used to jump around on a job. He's a good guy, you know. Chip's a good guy. He, he's a hard worker. God bless Chip. You know, he's worked in cold weather, hot weather, and he knows how to work. He's a hard worker. He just needs to get a job that he likes and wants to stay on it, you know. Same thing your sister said about you. <laughs> he, um, he had a good... Well, anyway, Chip is Chip. Like she says, everybody's little individuals of what they do, you know. We're proud of all our kids. You guys, you all care about us, you know. It isn't like we're up here. Unfortunately, we don't need help right now, which is a blessing to us. As you can probably already tell, one of Poppy's core values is being a hard worker. And it's something that he really admires as well. So that's why I had the chance to ask him, what are some of the jobs that he's done in his life? The first job that I ever had was when I was a kid, I worked on a farm for 50 cents an hour. And then as I grew up, I shoveled snow and made money. I was a paper boy. I worked in a jewelry store. And while I worked in a jewelry store, I also worked Grant's department store. My buddy and I worked there. We never, we never left that store that we didn't steal something. 
Really? <laughs> oh, we used to go out with two or three pair of underwear on. Oh, my God. Two or three shirts. Anything that we could steal there, we would steal it. And it was the easiest place to steal anything from. Then I was also in the National Guard for four years. When I joined the Navy, I was an air controlman in the Navy. When I got out of the Navy, I worked de- I worked construction, demolition of house. And I also, at that time, I worked for Hercules Powder Company. It was a di- place that made dynamite. And I used to do work there at that place. And at the same time, and then I worked nights at an Exxon. I worked at a gas station. Take a breath. Poppy's reading from a list, and he's only halfway through. And then I got a job working for John Hancock Insurance Company. I was there for about, about 15, 12, 15 years. While I was at the John Hancock, I worked a couple other jobs. I did a bartending job. During John Hancock, we were laid off for a while. The company went on strike. And then I drove semis. During that time, I we got a job. One time we got a job distributing soap. I got a job as a, as a working a bread route. Get up at four o'clock in the morning, go out, load the truck with bread and deliver bread like you see, I had a bread route. And then I was helping a guy go to New York City. We'd go down there at four o'clock in the morning, he had a fish store. And we would go down there at four o'clock in the morning, pick up a load of fish and then I would drive the truck back and help him clean fish and deliver some fish. So I had that job for a while. Wow. And then my, one of the best jobs I ever had was a tow truck. And any time a sheriff's department had a truck or something they need towed, or in the wintertime cars go off the road, cars have accidents, they'd call him and then he'd call me and I'd take the truck out and do, I love that job, tow truck job. Then I did a bartending and did special events at the Capri. And also I forgot at that time I was a waiter at the Beef House. Yes, you were. Made good money, good money at, at the, the Beef, beef House. house. We, weekends I worked there. We were, then we were going to move to North Carolina, and a guy got a job down here with a guy who moved down here building houses. So I built two houses in McGregor Downs, I built, built two houses over in Farmington Woods in Cary, built two more houses, and then he started a project down to the beach. And then I, after I got those houses, they went down to the beach and worked building the condos down to the beach. And while I was down there, I met somebody, and then I started working with Northern Telecom. I worked with Northern Telecom, and then left Northern Telecom, and I drove a, I drove a bus, drove a city bus, drove for RTC service, Raleigh Transfer. And then I left that, and I went with Capital Associates. And then I was a property and, and construction manager with Capital Associates for quite a few years. And then... Drumroll, please. I retired. <laughs> I come from a family of very hardworking people. And what I really admire most about this as well in my grandpa is how humble he is about it. And you might have heard that little tidbit about North Carolina. Remember, most of my family is from New York. And so that one decision made me possible. And you know, there was another situation. God bless our kids. <laughs> Listen, you got to think about something for a minute, Tommy. Jay... He was a junior, I think. Chip, Chip, and Jay, and Julie. Well, Jolanda, too, suddenly in a new school. We just weren't the parents that joined the PTA and was at the school and followed them around. They went to school. They well, did, if they graduated, and what they did, they did it 100% on their own, right? I mean, yeah. we didn't. 
Jolanda got a lot of help. Jolanda did get help. She ended up being a baby a little bit in the family, but she got help. And, and well, luckily, she went to college. Too. We were able, Julia, primarily Julia was able to pay her way through college. So she didn't have to come out of college owing anybody anything. We worked at, we, that was another job. We had forgot about that job. We worked, when we worked at Northern, we worked a janitorial job at night. All that money went to Jolanda to help Jolanda. Despite the hardships, happiness ensued. And their children started meeting people, and grandchildren came into the picture. Boy, they're all a couple of worms as far as I'm concerned. Johnny Three was born. We moved into the house in Cary, our dream house. Which is just down the road from the neighborhood where I grew up. And he was born that weekend. Wow. Johnny Three. Yeah. What a sweet boy. And then, then there's um, then there's you. Judd. That's me. She you has so much memories one. of you playing with you and yeah, Carrie. I did. I had a when good you, time When she you. babysat for you every yeah. day. I'm a very fortunate grandson because all four of my grandparents were very present as I was growing up. In fact, one of my first memories of ever being alive was being put into a barrel in front of my grandma's house in Cary. I could remember all the cars rushing by, all the people talking to me around, and Nan and Poppy thought that was really cool too. I mean, you were just a baby boy. That's a remarkable thing. Very vivid. I have a picture of uh, Nancy and I. Nancy is my Mima, who is my mom's mom. You can learn more about her in episode one of this podcast. Anyways, let's get back to the conversation. In the waiting room, and somebody, and I was, I took a picture of, of all of us sitting there waiting for you. Then came my younger sister, named... Jancy reminds me a lot of me. My grandmother said, my mother told me, my grandmother said, little Judy is so adorable, you just want to grab her and hug her, but she takes three steps back. And that's the way Jancy's been ever since I've known her. Jake, Johnny got a lot out of Jake because he was working in Cary, and so he would run over and, and feed him and yeah the old jakester good boy big eyes i remember yeah. when he was mcdonald mm-hmm. yeah they uh carol and johnny have those eyes and then jancy and jake got them very nice very expressive mm-hmm. and then haley lynn little sweetheart haley lynn got horseback riding lessons for christmas and i'm just like praying because I want to help her like Jolanda paid for five lessons and I'll pay for five more if that girl wants them so and then little Hunter reminds me a lot of Jay because he's just um, fearless I wish that I had had a sense of humor when Jay was little because he was a definite specimen of marching to his own drum yes and I did not appreciate it I wish that I had. I did not appreciate it. When I asked Poppy if he wanted to add anything, he just said, Ditto. (laughs) In addition to some awesome children and grandchildren, my grandparents are super unique because ever since I was about four years old, they've lived in an RV. They just recently sold it, but they've spent many years traveling to Florida, around the United States, to Canada. And when I was younger, I even got to go on a few camping trips with them in the RV. And that was a big deal. We loved the RV. We loved traveling in the RV. One of the best times traveling around. And Whew, 18 We years. had some wonderful experiences. And we were always very fortunate with that. Yeah. Biggest thing, we changed a couple tires. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was. Yeah, we had a few experiences with it, but you know, we always managed to manage what we had to do. And while we reminisced on their old home, I remembered how I used to sneak into the RV to look around and always get caught by Poppy. And I also remember the experience of seeing him back it in to their house, which was very far from the road of a gravel path. I remember being in the RV when you had to back it in. That was always a big thing. Yeah, backing it up the driveway. Mm -hmm. Dad said, watch Poppy do this. Yeah. And then he did it. I'm so impressive. <laughs> I thought watching my dad back up our driveway was impressive. And then I saw you do that. <laughs> I no there was idea. nothing doing that. Backing up a semi. <laughs> Start backing up a semi. Remember that time we went down and we went in the wrong street, got down that hotel area? and No. But we've always made out. We've been very fortunate. As we wrapped up our conversation and Poppy was patting their new puppy, Trixie, who was itching to get outside to play, I wanted to ask him, what's the world going to look like in the future? And what's the legacy of John McDonald? It probably won't be here. No, we're going to run out of water. That's what I look at. 100 years. Um, ask me even 30 years from now. People today get married and say, we're not having any kids. People today don't want to have kids, a lot of people. Because they don't want to have kids, they don't want to bring it. It's too scary, you know. I'm 80 years old, and if, if, I, if I blink out tomorrow, I've had a good life. But I think about you guys, and she does. We think of the world today, and you know, it's right on the edge. Everything is on the edge. It'll be all right. It's going to be all right, but it's scary. I've been blessed. I'm saying it too much that it don't mean nothing, but I, I've been blessed. To this day, I've been blessed. We're all blessed. So my legacy is, uh, I just hope that I've learned something in life. I believe in reincarnation. i got a strong, if I believe in anything right now, I do believe in it. I've heard too much and think I know too much, and everybody can't be lying. The NDEs and the, and the regression that people have had and stuff like that. If one person saw an alien spaceship, and they're not lying, then that's what they saw. And that's, it is what it is. So what can I say, you know? <laughs> and you got a million people to see it. Somebody's telling the truth there, so. And I look at that way with other things. So my legacy is I'm just blessed. Right on, Poppy. Guess I like every day I can wake up next to Julia. Oh. <laughs> and before we sign off, there was one more thing we had to talk about that involved Lady Gaga. I have to admit, when you told me you saw the documentary of Lady Gaga, I was shocked because I had not yet seen the documentary of Lady Gaga. And I never... Great. I love her. Wasn't yes. incredible. She's a remarkable... She's remarkable. So you know, you think, oh, she's just some hot seat that somebody's promoting, but she's sure. talented. These people are talented and people, you take it for granted sometimes, you know. And that's kind of what we're doing today, too, is telling your stories. You all, you, all, you both are talented. Yeah, we we're you both have your struggles. We have, we're interest, have interesting lives. <laughs> you may not be at the Super Bowl hanging down from the ceiling, but... <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. This interview was conducted on December 28, 2017. Another big thanks to my grandpa, John McDonald, and special thanks to my grandma, Julia McDonald, for asking so many great questions. This is the second episode of Judd, a storytelling podcast about grandparents, recording stories, and inspiring other listeners to take a recording device and have conversations with their living loved ones. These are the narratives worth remembering for a lifetime. Until next time.
got the microphones off. Now we'll tell you the real BS what's going on in the world. We'll tell you what we really think of everybody. 